Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Thank you for tuning in to the Create Culture podcast. If it's your first time, thank you for tuning in. I know that there are going to be valuable insights you are going to gain today. For those who have been around, thank you for tuning in again because you and I are growing. We are thinking differently. And you and I both know that when we change, things change around us. And so tune in. We have a special podcast today. We know it will be valuable, impactful, and get ready to change your thinking. What is the purpose in raising your children? What is your plan to raise them? Do you know where to go to or to who to go to in order to gain resources, wisdom, and advice to better raise your children? What keys can we see biblically to help our children to flourish? This is exactly what we're going to talk about today. We're going to discuss three key areas that our kids need to see inside the home in order to flourish. And with these in mind, you need to ask yourself several questions. Am I demonstrating these key areas? And as we go through these, what areas can you grow in? Now, as we dive into these three key areas, be mindful of this. Have grace with yourself. Forgive yourself when you mess up because the goal is to grow. Now, parents, we all know this, that parenting is not easy. Each child comes with a different set of trials, personalities, and circumstances. And we all need to learn together because you will only be as good as those you surround yourself with and the information that you put in you. As I was thinking through key areas that Kelly and I have really been impacted by in raising our children, I felt that God highlighted three areas that we needed to talk about. The first one is love. This is so important. Now, let's start off with a definition of love because all of you listening may have your own idea or perception when I say that love needs to be demonstrated in your home. What I mean is this. It comes from 1 Corinthians 13. Now listen to this. This may or may not align to what you think love is, but I think this is the best definition of love and how it needs to be demonstrated. Love is patient and is kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. This is incredible. Um, another translation that I really looked at, I want to highlight a couple things. This is from the Passion Translation. Um, it says that love is gentle and consistently kind to all. And it says that when blessing comes to someone else, they're quick to do it. They do not brag about one's achievements or inflate, inflate its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect, nor selfishly seek its own honor. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love 
is a safe place of shelter, for it never stops believing the best of others. Love never takes failure as defeat, for it never gives up. This is incredible, and we could seriously spend the whole time on love in itself. But we need to understand that when we have a biblical definition of love, there's going to be a higher standard for us to grow in. And quite frankly, I know for myself, I am not there yet. I am not even close to where I want to be in demonstrating love. But what I do know is this. I'm a lot further than I was. I'm a lot further than I was a year ago or even two years ago. God knows that at the beginning of parenting in my marriage, I had a short temper. In a lot of these, I messed up. But what I want to encourage you today is to love better. And the question that I want you to ask, right, a reminder, am I demonstrating this? In what area as you you really listen to the biblical definition of love, what area can you grow in? Which one stood out to you? And then ask God to help you in that area. Now, as I alluded to earlier, I had a lot of issues at the beginning of parenting and in the beginning of my marriage. <laughs> now, many of you are probably saying, you know, I have issues right now. We are all going through issues. We're all growing. And when we're growing, there are growing pains and areas that we need to grow in. My biggest issue was an identity problem. I did not have the confidence in parenting and I lacked the self-esteem. And the way it came out was anger, frustration, and yelling. Because for me, in order to control the situation, because I didn't have the tools or confidence to do it, I would yell to try to quickly manipulate the situation. And so for me, when I realized that I was doing this and I came to the root of why I was getting frustrated and raising my voice, it allowed me to be one, aware of the problem, and two, addressing it with both God and in my marriage and with my son. And then from there, the growing process began. Now, for many of you, there are areas when we read through the whole love passage, you say, yep, that's, I need to grow in that. Yep, that I need to grow in that. And that's okay, right? As I read through that, man, that that, especially the passion translation, I realized, wow, like there's a lot of areas I need to grow in. And so as you grow, as you bring these areas to God, and you're asking him to help you, the fact that you're aware of this is an incredible thing. And then as you step into that uncomfortable place of growth, you are going to look back after time and realize, wow, God grew me. I really grew in these key areas. Now, don't stop here. This is a continuous cycle of awareness and growth over and over and over because the more we demonstrate and the more we grow our children will begin to model that as they grow older the second key area that i want to discuss that we need to demonstrate in our homes in order for our kids to flourish is that of respect and honor webster's dictionary says that respect is this to consider worthy of high regard or to esteem in honor means this, to regard or treat someone with admiration and respect. Wow. Now, can you respect your children? 
Can you honor your children? Now, what about when they make mistakes or maybe your spouse makes a mistake? Can you still respect them and honor them? Because these are genuine questions that we need to ponder. Because some people out there, and, and I've heard it many a times, and this was something that I used to believe, is that you couldn't respect or honor somebody when they had bad character or maybe they did a lot of bad things. Now, the way that I learned and I realized in the area of respect and honor was this. Respect, when it says to consider worthy of high regard or esteem, it doesn't mean you need to agree with everything they do or they say. This goes the same with honor, when you're regarding them or treating them with admiration and respect. In the military, I realized that there were a lot of people I did not agree with, but I still respected them and chose to honor them according to their title or to their rank. Now, let me say that again. In the military, I disagreed with a lot of individuals and how they went about their business, but I still gave them respect and honor. And so how does this relate to the home? You're going to have situations in your home where you don't want to honor or show respect to your spouse or to your children, because as we talked about, this needs to be demonstrated in the home. And the best demonstration for our children is that between us and our spouse. And for you single parents, the respect and honor is seen, one, when you're doing it to your children, and two, as they're young, they're watching you in how you show respect and honor to other people. Sometimes it looks like this. The TV is going and somebody comes on the TV who you don't like or you disagree with. And so the question is, what comes out of your mouth and what mannerisms are you showing to your children when they come on the TV? Or another example, somebody calls and you talk to them and then all of a sudden you hang up the phone and then you add some words, maybe choice words about that person. Parents, your children are watching you at all times. And what we did in our home with our children is we talk through situations with our children. When somebody came on TV that we disagree with, we would tell them, now kids, we do not agree with X, Y, and Z for X, Y, and Z reason, but we will still show respect and honor. But then we laid a foundation because they were made in the image of God. God paid the price to love them by sending Jesus and dying for them. And we will not dishonor them and treat them the wrong way just because we disagree with them. Now, Ephesians 6 goes into this a bit, talking about children obeying your parents, which <laughs> I know I've heard a couple times, you know, you need to obey, you need to obey, you know, it's in the Bible. But it goes on to say this, and I think personally, this is a crucial, crucial point. In verse 4, it says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. And in the uh, the the bigger version, right, the Amplified, it says, do not exasperate them to the point of resentment with demands that are trivial or unreasonable or humiliating or abusive, nor by showing favoritism or indifference to any of them, 
but bring them up tenderly with loving kindness in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. I think that when Paul wrote this, it was, hey, children, you need to obey your parents. <laughs> There's a blessing in this, so it'll be well with you. But then it goes on, and I, and I think he really wanted to emphasize fathers. It is your role. It is your responsibility. Now, I think it's, it's, it's mutual, right? Mothers and fathers, but this is the foundation. Don't provoke your children. Do not exasperate them. Do not carry yourself in a way in the home where you demand fear over respect, where you demand them to obey because you are the father. There's nothing wrong with it, right? I lay the law down in my home. Hey, kids, you know, I'm the father. But as it says, bring them up tenderly with loving kindness. They know that when I ask something of them, it comes from a place of love because I want them to grow or maybe I want them to be protected. And so I have grown a lot in this area. This was one of the key areas that I needed to personally grow because I I would do this. I would demand things of them, especially my oldest, because I didn't know better. And I would ask him to do things or maybe I would provoke him in a way because I didn't know what I was doing. And then as I grew in this area, I started to see them grow, right? My oldest and then my middle one. And then now we have our youngest who is seeing this all play out. And and parents, as you have more kids, whether you plan or not, you're going to begin to see that as you demonstrate in the home, your oldest are going to carry that and begin to emulate you. And then what will happen, it's a trickle effect. Then they're going to teach the next in line and then the next in line. And so it's so important to begin now. Wherever you're at in your journey as a parent, the best time to start is now because it will have an effect much greater than you. Now, in respect and honor, again, the same question goes back out that you need to ask. Are you demonstrating this type of respect and honor? And as you were listening to respect and honor, what areas can you grow in? Because the first step is awareness. And then from there, it's taking action in prayer and in partnering with God as you grow in these key areas. The last key area I want to discuss is the area of unity. Unity in the home. Now, when I say unity, what do you think of? Everybody on the same page? Nobody disagrees? Everybody shuts up and just comes into alignment with the parents? Well, let me tell you this. Unity is a condition of harmony. Of harmony. Now, if you think of an orchestra, there are many different instruments in the orchestra, all playing their own tune. And when they come into alignment and they come into a harmony and into the song, you get this beautiful orchestration of sounds. Now, I've likened it to exactly that. Each instrument plays its own tune. And the role of the parents or parent is to bring up our children into harmony. This doesn't mean you all need to agree on things. Now, I'm not sure if that's something new or not to you, But 
I want to share an example, two examples. First one is in the military. I saw unity in a way that I've never seen before in the office and in the workplace. There was a unit I worked with, and I remember as I got up into the ranks and I got up into the management level and I got to see behind the scenes when leadership would get together to make decisions, I realized that a lot of them did not agree on everything. What I saw was that when behind the scenes, the leadership, or you'd call them the parents of the office, were discussing different objectives or different tasks that needed to be done, there would be great discussion and sometimes heated, but they kept it around the objective. And then when the boss or the head parent came with the decision, we all came into alignment saying, as we discussed it, we will agree with it and we will implement it with the rest of the staff. Now, the way this plays out is because when we went out and we began to champion a new objective, none of the airmen, right, the subordinates, the rest of the office, none of them saw the disagreements. None of them saw what happened behind the scenes. All they saw was unity. Because if there was any hint of disunity, or disagreement as we were telling them to do something, it would have a trickle effect. And many of them would not do the work or not do it to the best of their ability because they knew that their supervisor, whoever disagreed, did not agree with the objective or the task at hand. There's a scripture that I really enjoy. It's in Luke eleven seventeen, where Jesus is speaking. And he said this statement, any kingdom divided against itself will not stand. It will be ruined. A house divided against itself will fall. An example in our home on unity is this. Kelly and I discuss often in how to raise our kids, and it's fluid. It's changing because our kids are changing. We need to grow with our kids. Now, when a decision comes that maybe we don't agree with each other, we discuss it off off the grid, right? Not in front of our kids if, it, if it's a big issue or a big topic. And whenever we ask our kids, when they come to us about a decision or anything, whatever it is that they need, we always respond with, did you talk to your mom or your dad about it first? Now, if they say yes, right? I've had this happen often to me. My son or my daughter, one of them, they would come to me and say, yes, mom said X, Y, and Z. Even if I disagreed, I would say, well, I agree with your mother and I stand behind her decision, right? Unity. I may not agree. And in some cases, I may not have the full facts or information. Now, there have been situations where maybe we did not agree and we said two different things. And what we would demonstrate in front of our kids is we would talk it through in gathering all the information and then Kelly and I, we have just this way of looking at each other and, and, and sensing and knowing when we're in agreement. And we will come to a mutual agreement in unity to demonstrate it in front of our kids so they can see that we are on the same page, right? Harmony. This is where harmony comes in. The reason unity is so important in the home is because I, I know for me, Right, I came from parents who divorce at a young age. And one of the first questions when parents divorce is, who do you want to live with? This is one of the, the toughest questions to have as a fourth going into fifth grader. 
And I don't even know if I came out with a right answer. I think I just played it out how it went and I ended up going with my mother. But that's a that's a tough question to have at a young age. And frankly, it's a tough question to really have at any age as a child. No child should have to pick mother from father or father from mother. And when unity is in the home, there is a harmony, even in disagreements, where the, now we're seeing the, the rest come through, right? The respect and honor and the love, it's all being nurtured, which it's being instilled within our children so they can begin to see healthy unity. It doesn't mean we all decide the same thing because we think exactly the same. But what it does mean is that we come into a place of harmony, knowing that Kelly, right, she's a beautiful instrument, right? We were talking about the orchestra earlier. She's a beautiful instrument. She sees things from a different perspective. And as I nurture and cultivate the respect and honor for her, it helps me to be in a place of unity with her. Now, it's the same way her with me. She sees me in a certain way, in a certain light, knowing that I have a certain perspective as the father. And then there are times where I say something and she, she 100% goes behind it. She says, well, that's what your dad said. I, I completely agree. And then maybe on the side we would discuss it. But unity is so important. And Jesus couldn't have said it better in, in, in any way, right? It's Jesus that a house divided cannot stand. A kingdom divided cannot stand. A workplace divided cannot stand. And this is key in order to see our kids flourish because whatever they see from us, they will emulate in the future. In conclusion, I want you to know that these are only a couple things, a couple tools to help your kids flourish, but they are foundational. This is the, not the end-all be-all, but I felt that this was something that God was pointing out to us to share and to teach on because these are foundational key areas for our children. They must be demonstrated consistently. And remember, as you go through these and as maybe you listen through again, you pray and you ask if you're demonstrating this and how you can grow in these key areas. Because as you grow, your children will grow. And as you change, you will see change in your children. Now, if I could just take a moment to pray for you and for your family. I pray for your family, a blessing and protection over your home, over your children, that you would experience the love of God and you would see his helping hand in raising your child or your children. They are a blessing from him, and I pray that your children would flourish and grow in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. In Jesus' name, God bless you. And remember, my friends, if you want to see a change in the world, you need to be the change. You need to think differently, and let's create culture together. Hey family, thank you for joining today on the Create Culture Podcast. We thank you for joining. We appreciate you. We value you. Thank you for hitting the subscribe button, sharing it with your friends, finding that one person that you know that if they were around, they would have gained great value from today. I hope you have a great day. 
and God bless you. Thank you.